Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents. This is your host, Petey Steele. My co-host, Elena Torres, is still on maternity leave. Oh, man. Shout out to new baby Sonia. <laughs> uh, but now we got a super special shout out our guest for this week's episode. My man from a long time, Brandon Brody. What's yes, good? Yes, what's up, man? Good to see you, dog. Great to see so you. So good to see you, bro. Like, come on, man. It's the holiday season. I'm in yeah. town, man. Yeah. Just did the shows New Year's Eve with my buddy Chris Red, man. Yeah, it's my man. He's a beast. You can see my boy Pete up in this bitch, too. You know? Ah. Come on, man. This is good times, dog. No, this is great. I was, you know, talking to Pete earlier. I think the last time we were hanging out was, like, the Blue Banana. Oh, my God. Or like, RFD oh or some God. shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know? yeah. R- God, man. What's up with RFD? RFD's done. Not just the comedy, like but the, the whole bars, bar the whole thing is, is just done? closed. Yo. Dude, RFD literally, I think it turned my stand-up to the next level. Like, that was, it's one of the most important comedy places for me in D.C., you know? Because yeah, yeah. when I first started, bro, like, there weren't that many places. Right. Straight up. Like, right. there was, like, one one place you could go a night, you yeah. know? Max. Like, like there, there was maybe, like, one, two tops, you know? What it, year it, did you start? Oh, I started in, like, 2006. Okay, wow. Yeah. So All there was, right. like, there was, like, maybe a spot or two, you know? And I remember I would go, like, Martinis on, on um, yeah. Tuesdays. They'd have their open mic on Monday, but then they'd have their comedy night on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Chico and John Cia. They, you know, they were doing running sure. there. And then um, it's like it's like every other night there'd just be like a weird spot. But I remember RFD Thursdays was a spot. I came in the first time. Shout out to Ralph and Brad. Mm-hmm. And when I first came, you know, Ralph was kind of like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can get you in. I came like three times and I could never get on, right? And then he made me go on at the end of the night, finally one time, yeah. right? Went on the end, bro. And I just had such a great set. And Ralph will tell, tell the same story that people started coming back into the bar. You know, people, it was already mm-hmm. in the night. People started coming back in. And then Ralph literally said, he said, bro, I will never make you wait to go up ever at this place ever again, bro. That's and it fantastic. was fucking, it, I, I felt like I got my fucking like, you know, like my, my, my medal or something. Sure, you know? sure. Your sea legs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So then every time I would come back into town or I would come to RFD, bro, I didn't even have to like you know, get on the list or whatever. He would just be like, all right, we'll throw you up now. You're going. To- yeah. yeah. Well, that's, you know, when I started about 2012, I remember yeah. that was what I met you. I remember mm-hmm. seeing you go up at RFD and you were doing like Michael Jackson moves <laughs> on stage and dance and shit. And I was like, this guy's going to be a fucking star. Man, that was, a, yeah. And it's funny because it's like, those were, I mean, it, it's like I, that I was doing this shit, you know, not really realizing like, you know, that you're 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 growing in comedy as this is happening, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and right. So, and so that was around. So you started in 2012, 2012, 2012. Yep. Yeah. So I had already been in LA for two years then. Right. I yeah. remember that. You yeah. fly in from time mm-hmm. to time. Yeah. So I'd fly in, and then and I was legit. I was still kind of working for WPGC at that time. So I I was still like coming into town to do gigs. I was making more money over in DC still. Like I was like trying I was doing all types of grunt work and weird shit in LA to make whatever make yeah. ends meet. Like I, I was a proctor for fucking for the SATs for some <laughs> shit, you know what I mean? Like, like, like for the PSATs, I was like, y'all are trusting me with you. These... Like, caught people cheating and shit. Oh, it was, no, it was LSATs. Even LSATs. more, it was, yeah, it was straight wow. up. I, I was at UCLA administering LSATs. You know, telling all right, like time. Please put your pencils down. <laughs> like I was that guy. <laughs> Did you ever catch people cheating on the LSATs? Dude, I didn't even give a shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I was like, I, I came in. Like there their and, lawyers are all gonna lie anyway. Oh, Fuck it. Y- either way, man. Yeah, let's, let's, it's give them an opportunity to see how good you can lie. You know, yeah, maybe yeah, that's yeah. what it's about. But I was literally like, I, I like, I was told to read from the script, pass everyone a pencil, let them know they have a break. You, you know, they have a five minute break to yeah. use the restroom. But it was so, it was so, um, you know, like robotic. And then it's funny because I, I think I was hung over too. I, I, I'm pretty sure. sure I went out partying the night before. I'm coming in and I'm giving the, <laughs> and I'm having to like be as serious as them. But then I'm also like, man, these kids are actually gonna fucking make money one day. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of a, a yin and yang. Like, what did you ever? Because I know you didn't catch anyone cheating, but like. What did you get paid to be a proctor for LSATs? Oh man, it was something like it was no more than a hundred bucks. It okay, so, hundred a test. Yeah, to, for the test. So it's like five hours. Right? I took that test. Well, how long was it? A yeah, long something time like ago. that. Yeah, yeah. Long. so you're basically getting what 10, 20, 15 yeah. an hour, you know, type of thing. And it's just like I drive. I mean, it's it's just so hilarious when I think of just some of the the, the gigs and the jobs that I've done. It's just so funny when I think yeah. of some of the gigs, some of the jobs that I've done, man. Like 
Straight up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you'll do any kind of thing. I mean, I have a day career, actually, okay. luckily, which I won't speak on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, <laughs> um, you know, I couldn't imagine doing, like, that kind of shit or some of these valet gigs. I did all of those back when I was just an alcoholic cracking wise <laughs> and not fucking doing comedy. Like, yeah. The thought of doing comedy never occurred to me. It was kind of just like a dare. How did he, So it was a dare for you? Yeah. That's how you got in? It, you know, this was about 2010. I did it for like three weeks. So here's how it happened. I just finished grad school and my buddy was like, hey, I go to this place, The Looking Glass. Remember that up yeah. in Petworth? Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, there's this guy, Reggie Melbro, that runs it. You know, there's all these jerk-offs. They come in. You know, I bet you'd be <laughs> funnier than 80% of them. I said, I doubt that's true. Because I'd always assume that being funny on the street and being funny it's, as a comic ain't the same it's thing. Not, it's not the same thing. But, but there is some people. more overlap, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think if you're – I mean, if you are naturally just funny and you right. take the seriousness into the craft – you're going to be fucking amazing, you know, right. as opposed to a person that's literally just not funny in real life. And you, I mean, and truly you meet some geniuses that are just literally not funny off yeah. the cuff, man. It's weird meeting some of the stars and they're just literally not that funny, but then they go on stage. I've had people on this fire. podcast. They've come off that stage, lit up the room. They get and not funny here, on the air. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do we pick this fucking right, loser? Right, right, right. Should have just gotten like a clown or something. But, you know? but it was a dare. It was a dare for you. It was a dare for me. So like, he just says, do this. And, Thinking back on it now, I must have known something because I took it so seriously for the first time I went up. You know, yeah. I didn't take it like some bullshit. I thought nothing. Like you was wrote out, you wrote out some stuff and I all that. I wrote out something, and what I did, I didn't have like a metronome or anything, mm -hmm. so or a tape recorder. So I, you know, opened up my computer. I took this clip, this five-minute clip of Paul Mooney. And I turned the volume down, and I just used that as my clock to try to, like, rephrase it and say it as many times to get it within five minutes. So, it was so like you knew how long five minutes, minutes okay. set. And I must have done it 50 fucking times because I was like, if I'm going to try, I'm going to fucking give it the good <laughs> yeah. college try and see right. what happens. It'll probably be some bullshit. And then it fucking hit, and then it's, I still didn't believe it. But then I said, all right, it's, it's enough to Your get Your first me. time. Yeah, hit. it hit. And then the next time I said, I'm going to go back tomorrow to, I think it was Sully's that day. Oh, yeah. And I don't remember who was running it then. Was Tuesday. it Haywood? No, no, no. This was before him. This was like, oh, who the fuck was it? Mike Way was around. Reggie was around. I don't know. But I, I did it, and it hit again, and I was like, bullshit. <laughs> oh, I, I, shit. Like, that's how much I hated on my shit. But then I kept doing it, and I must have done it about nine times within the first three weeks, and then I got a $20 newbie spot at Shackle. No Birds. shit. That, no yeah. shit. Oh, at the, at the, at the Bethesda, at the, Hyatt, the, the Hyatt? Back when the Hyatt was oh, the thing. Oh, fuck nice. And I got that, and I was like, all right, this is legit enough. Like, but, you just made, you're like, I just made money yeah, I made making money. people laugh. So I was like, I will get back to this, but now I just finished grad school. I got debt. I'm going to go get a fucking job. And then I did it for a year and a half, and then I was like, this shit is fucking lifeless and boring. Mm -hmm. You know, I make money, but I just go home, watch. Depressed. It's yeah, depressing, I was depressed. man. Yeah. And then someone, you know, irked me to go back up on stage. I went to the Blue Banana. I bombed like shit. <laughs> but then I said, I'm going to keep going. And then it just took off god damn i i love I, I fucking love hearing stories like that man because it's like you, you I, i'm a person like, i literally like in high school i didn't know what i was gonna do in life bro like, right. i really had no clear passion right. you know i i thought like when i was a kid i was like man i'll be a paleontologist you get a little older <laughs> my friends playing sports you see that you know if you play sports you get money i'm a black yeah. kid I grew up in a kind of a hood you know what i mean but yeah. so but Where i wasn't the from best originally? uh grew up in so silver spring in, okay. a, uh, in a neighborhood called oak oakview Oakview. So oakview okay man, yeah. by so, white oak uh-huh yeah, yeah, so yeah. south of white white oak uh right there oakview drive in new hampshire man but that's my neighborhood man we called us ourselves the ovc oakview crew <laughs> but like it's such a I, I I love my child. I love how I grew up, man. I love mm -hmm. I, I my lifelong friends that I grew up with are still my best friends. I'm in, we're in weddings and all that shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I I didn't know at all what I wanted to do, bro. I had no idea, man. And then it was like a few people in high school tell me like, bro, you're pretty funny, man. Like you should get into acting and entertainment. And my naive, my my uh, ignorant ass and like freshman, I thought like acting was just for like. Like 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 fucking losers and gay people sure, and everything. That sure. was just my narrow mind. I didn't know that this right. was actually like something that is hand in hand. So then by my junior year, I finally sucked it up. 
Because I had teachers telling me, you know, we did these little projects, and they would tell tell me, like, you know, you should really you should come audition for my play and all that. Right. And, Were you a good student in high school? Not I, really. No, I was I, I was great. Uh, as far <laughs> academia-wise, yeah. yes. Behavior, fuck no. Like, okay. I was I, – I had to talk, bro. I had to get that joke out. I mean, I've had all types of suspensions, all types of, you know, all, all that detentions. Sure. Like, like I just couldn't that like if I had a joke that I had to say, bro, I had to get it out, man. And now, now get me, don't get me wrong. I always had my classes rolling. Like I was literally the class clown. My and so then even my senior year in the fucking yearbook, they gave me biggest comedian. That was my superlative, bro. Mm-hmm. So like little things like that. I started doing. I actually my girlfriend at the time she uh, talked me into doing the stage, one of the stage plays, you know. Sure. And I did it, and then I I was like my friends. I told them they're like, yo, you're doing a fucking play. These my like my football friends like you're doing a fucking mm-hmm. play. Like oh dude. Let's go see. We gotta go see Brody. We're gonna go watch Man, him do the play. Like yeah, heckle. yeah. They they couldn't <laughs> wait, bro. I like. I feel like they put on they put on good outfits to just come fuck with me, right? But then when they came, they were actually blown away. They were like, "Whoa, I think we like live theater." <laughs> so, <laughs> so they like it actually enjoyed that. After they were giving me props, giving me dap and everything, and so that gave you me. You get little... on stage, you're like, hey, he's dressing like a fruit. Yeah, look then at this fucking like, fruit. The lead up actress there. come out, they're like, hey man, I'd be a fruit too if I could get that kind of pussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you get to kiss her every fucking night. Uh, I mean, you know, like, you know. So, so like, you know, they they're seeing this and they're, they they gave me the respect after that. So then after that, I gave me more confidence. So then by my senior year, I started. I I hosted our uh, our pep rally. I hosted our our uh, talent show. I did. I was doing the morning announcements. Oh, is this Blair or is this Springbrook? Springbrook. Springbrook. Okay. Yeah. So I was doing. I was doing all that the shit, Blue man. Blue Devils. Like, the Blue Devils, baby. Yeah, not the red ones. The, the oh. uh, Blair. But I was doing. I, d- I did everything, man. Was, was Dave East there when you were there? Yeah, man. That's my guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Dave East. Yeah. yeah he's, I want that guy to blow up even bigger. Oh, he's like, going he's to, like man. He's going to. Yeah, yeah. Now nah, he's One great. Of my favorite he's great, man. Yeah. And that's 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 good people's, bro. And like you know, I actually I bumped into him in L.A. He was just randomly, literally in my apartment building in L.A. Mm-hmm. I guess he, he one of his homeboys' manager or something like that. They were just hanging out. And I introduced my son to him. I was like, yo, this guy is like, you know, he's like a big yeah. rapper, you guys. Like, this was like maybe two, three years ago before he'd even gotten to the level that he's at now. Sure. And he's still growing. But yeah, no, it was great. And he's like, Brody, what's up, man? I'm like, yo, what are you doing here, bro? Because I know him as David Brewster. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This sure. is like, I know David Brewster and shit. But Dave East, you know, that's that's the guy, man. And I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy to see him. Growing and climbing and all that, man. Yeah, he's fantastic because I mean, I grew up all the East Coast hip hop, and oh, then yeah. it just kind of died for a long time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't around, and then he was kind of the re-emergence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I give I give credit respect. to Wale too. You know, I, yeah, I do yeah. I do give I give, I give props to Wale. Wale really, you know, has, has a true uh, hip hop sensibility, especially sure. for being from this area, man. It's like it's great to. Like so, like yo, yo, DC, we can we can bring some oh, rappers yeah. out here, man. We no can bring some artists out. No here. question. Mm-hmm. But um, so now you've been in L.A. now back and forth, but mostly L.A. since what 2011? You say 2010, 2010? actually. Yeah, so okay. it's been, bro. This is my tenth. This will be my tenth year. Wow. Coming up in May, man. Ten a decade in fucking L.A. So like, what's your week like for an L.A. aspiring comic? You know, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. Talk so, about the two um, places: yeah, New yeah. York, L.A. So you wake you up and cry, move. smoke a cigarette. Um, <laughs> 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 nah, I think that like it's it's so interesting because you like people in L.A. We, we I mean the joke is like no one really has a everyone says no one has a real job, you know? Right. But you do. People do work hard. You know, you have this weird schedule. You know, um, for me, it's like. Um, like I'll say when I first got out to LA, it was always like, you know, I wake up, it's like, you know, you, you're writing, you're getting, you know, all your shit in, in line, mm-hmm. looking for gigs, looking for spots and all that, you know, your afternoons, maybe you spend them doing, doing sketches, shooting stuff with people. Cause it's, that's the great part too. Like right. everyone gets it. Like it's funny when I, when I would try to come back home and shoot sketches with my friends around here, everyone's like, I've, I've worked tomorrow. What the fuck, man? Like, you want me to come play with you and shoot it? Like, what the fuck, dude? I have, I have an IT job to get to tomorrow. Yeah. But in LA, it's like, you can literally say, yo, I'm trying to shoot the sketch tomorrow. They're like, what time? Uh, 3.30, 2.30, 12, noon, whatever. Okay, cool. I'll be there, you know? And right people show up, bro. People are really professional in that, in that regard, especially comedians, you know? They mm-hmm. get it. So you maybe shooting sketches in the afternoon, and then the evening times come. That's when you're obviously, you know, hitting some sets up. You're doing some doing some shows, going out. And then a lot of the, the what was really cool is like, you know, 
I've I've also been in the club scene, so I know a lot of the promoters and and, and parties. So I'll I'll be able to like go to you know I'll, I'll maybe do a set and then maybe hit up a club or a bar or a spot that I know and right. go just run into people. And that's the crazy thing too now, man. I've been out there so long, I can literally go out and just run into people I know. Yeah, which is, it's wild to be in a whole other city. Like coming home here is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I can literally just go anywhere and I'm gonna run into oh, people yeah. I know. I fucking love Same it. Same here. And that's part of the reason I'll never move, I think. Is it you know? It was the bold yeah, I mean I took I did it, it was a it was a super bold move, but I was just I was just getting frustrated because, I mean further story with my, why I even moved to LA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um I, you know, I, I started doing all this stuff in high school, you know, doing all that and I started realizing, Oh shit, like I am into entertainment. Like I like this, you know what yeah, I mean? This yeah. is this is what's up. And so then I ended up going my my drama teacher who's also he was my english teacher and also the drama director told my parents like i think brandon should really pursue this you know like this is like something that he should do and so initially my mom was kind of like well you should have a fallback plan she's a lawyer you know what i'm saying so she's always been the mm-hmm. the kind of stability and she knows how volatile entertainment can be at that point my dad was on board he was like all right yeah i, I see it i now believe what's it. your dad do my dad has been everything my dad is homer simpson bro he's oh, been wow. he was in the military he was in, he was in the navy he was um he's been he's been on the democratic national committee he ran the liquor board in dc for a little bit all right. he was in, he spent a, a, an obscure time in miami and we all believe he was selling cocaine uh. i mean there's just this weird <laughs> period of my life my dad was in in, in miami all right that's where i was born i hey, mean hey look i got you got cubano no, I'm uh, straight up white, straight Irish white. man. Okay, yep. yeah, because we got Cubano, and I'm like, hmm, I've seen Scarface. My dad was in Miami. Hmm, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like two, you know. two and two. So, so he's done all that. My mom's a lawyer, so for, for him, he was on board. My mom kind of came a little, came around after. So then I go to college. I ended up uh, majoring in um, uh, film, and oh, initially it was theater, and then I found out they had a film major too. So I did the film track, and I was like. Fuck, I wish I minored in theater and got majored in film. So I just said, you know what? I'm just double in both. So I ended up getting two degrees at Towson University okay. uh, in their film and their acting. And I was like, yo, this is where I'm at. In the yeah. summers, I started doing internships at WPGC. Mm-hmm. And then, like, each summer I'd come back. The next summer I was part-time. The next summer I came back, they made me a full-ass jock, man. They were like, yo, you're a personality. So now I'm, I'm doing stand-up. I'm a personality on the radio. I'm like, holy shit. Wow. Like, this how, is how long were you on PGC? Oh man, let's see. I was probably so like maybe, maybe, maybe 2006. So like about two, I came in around 2006, mm-hmm. and then I would say around 2008 they made me a, a jock. You know, so I was wow. hosting events. So I'd be on the air every now and then. I didn't have my own time slot per se, but I was literally like my boy Shaq in the pack. I don't know if you yeah, heard him already. I was like pack, that. Sure. I was like a young Shaq in the pack. So I was be in the area, hyping up, doing cricket wireless events, Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> cricket Wings, wireless? Are they know? still around? Even? I I don't know, man. But that got <laughs> cricket wireless put a lot of money in my pocket, yeah. bro. Well, like good. I I have nothing bad to say about them, you know, and especially everyone that was working there, bro. They they treated me real good. But, the, but you know, all these things I was doing, and then I started doing stuff with CW, too. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I had so much more hunger, man. And the unfortunate yeah. thing with PGC is, and like any radio station, program directors, they come in, they come out. And for me, I was a young one. I was, and I had to keep proving myself. Oh, I just had a nice beer burp. Um, hey. So every time they'd bring in a new program director, they only cared about their seasoned talent, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'd always have to be like, hey, by the way, Mr. Blah, 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 my name is Brandon Brody. Whenever you have a chance, I'd like to just talk to you about what I'd like to do with the station, you know, possibly some on-air opportunities. Like, all right, cool, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Let's talk to me in two weeks. You talk to him in two weeks. All right, cool, let's talk in a week from now. Yeah, talk a week from now. Keep I'm, giving I'm just keep fucking then, high hat. Then they start saying, I'm fucking, you know, I'm, I'm swamped. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm, so, I'm just swamped right now. I'm all this. And so then, you know, I, I just got to a point where I got kind of frustrated, like trying to prove myself to these. I'm like, everyone else at the station knows what I'm capable of, what I can do. Sure. But then this one person comes in, doesn't know, and they don't care, you know? You start to think, hey, maybe they'll know if I disappear. If I disappear, and that's the fact, man. Yeah. So then, you know, at around that time, that I did move to L.A., I, I, Donnell Rawlings was on the morning show. So yeah. it was him, Big Tigger, and Donella. I got, and I just started to, like, I started brushing, rubbing elbows with Donnell, and I got really, really fucking cool with him. And I told him I was thinking about moving to L.A. He's like, yo, son, I already live in L.A. and all this. <laughs> so when I moved out to L.A., <laughs> I, I followed up. I was like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm in L.A., man. If there's any projects or anything I can help you with. So he started letting me edit these little audio, like, like little little sketches for the morning show. Because right. I knew how to use GarageBand. I knew how to use Logic and all those things. So I would, like, edit up these little things. And then he would submit them without saying it was me. And then after the fact, they're like, yo, this is hilarious. This is great. Donnell's like, oh, you know, Brody did that. And I was like, oh, shit. So it's like now he's giving me the opportunity. Like he was literally hosting the morning show 
sometimes in LA at Power 106 or at, whatever at WPGC at PGC oh, 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 at 95.5 wow. yeah from LA he was using a tie line a okay. fucking kit that would you know tie wow. him into the station so he was literally in LA hosting the radio show so he'd, he'd have to be up at 3 in the morning oh right because of the time he'd, he'd literally yeah. be like we are with the mics he'd be in the bed with Ooh. the microphone you know and there'd be times that he'd be out too and he'd just have to come in and do his morning show and then go to wow. bed but I was submitting I was helping him with that so you know we got cool uh, doing that type of stuff and then after that that time his girlfriend really you know took a liking to me and she'd be like hey honey you don't have to leave you can, you can stay for dinner and all that you can, <laughs> you can hang around you know what I mean and then it just turned into not, and I was like always like I was still doing stand up and I told him like hey you know I do stand up too, but you know when you, when you're a such a fucking seasoned comedian, right. it's in one ear out the other when yeah, you're beginning. Yeah, like, yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, you do stand up, yeah. okay, just whatever. Say hello, yeah, just say hi, yeah. yeah. So I kept telling him, and he's like, all right, you know. And I think he started to really trust my comedic talents, you know, through the sketches and the things I was doing. He said, all right, you know, if you get a, like a little tight ten, I'll let you open up for me and on this show and all that. And so for a while, I was torn, and that turned to me, you know, torn with him for a while, doing a lot of shows. Wow. So I was opening, um, featuring, you know, what I'm saying like for for him, and like it was great because. It's like now I'm getting this comedic genius. Like I'm getting Fuck to yeah. fucking tour with Donnell Rawlings, bro. Whoa. And Yo, I'm, I watched him open for Chappelle last year at the Warner Theater. Oh, when he yeah. came back for a week. Mm-hmm. And... Yo, motherfucker, when I say that man just made, like, a contrast, Hannibal came out the host, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he's funny and all that, but that Donnell just had, like, everybody off the balcony. I thought someone was going to fall off one of the balconies. They were standing, they were standing, they were standing up. They were standing just, so close, yeah. rolling, and just la, 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 la. And he's running all over the fucking stage. Oh, and he's man. not, like, a young guy, but nah, he's in great shape. He got shape energy for like, Beyonce. Boom, yeah, boom, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. I don't know how he does it, man. That man smokes a good Marlboro, at least a pack a day Marlboro. Marvel Ultras has his, he wow. drinks his vodka tonic, you know, when he's out. But this motherfucker is like, he gets up, he gets up early as fuck. He'll call me sometimes. It'll be like, it, it might be like, like seven in the morning or something, you know. And I'm yeah. like, we maybe just hung out. And I'm like, I'm not a morning person at all, dude. Right. But he gets up and he's just like, he's just a fucking, he's a, he's a, he's a work machine, man. Yeah. Like he's ready to talk about like, yo, listen, I, I think about this idea, got this sketch and all this, you know, like he, he's just a work machine and it's, and it's, it's very motivating even for, you know, for someone younger. Like it's, it's just such like, like, yo, this is the way this is, I'm saying like Mandalorian, like this is the way. Like, is this he a big gym guy too? I I don't think I've ever seen that man lift a weight. Okay, maybe not. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how he maintains his his physique physique or yeah. you know because and the because he eats he eats he's a foodie he's a straight up foodie. Wow. So I don't know how he does it, man. You know what I'm saying? Maybe just I'm saying maybe the stage is is literally his gym. All natural. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So, okay. So, what year was that about? Would you say you're so that was about featured? around 2000. I want to say maybe 11 or 12. Okay. You know, around that time, because okay. I know, yeah, yeah, around 2011, 2012. Because I know I'd been, because because that was even first. He gave me my first like like I, I started. I mean, I'd already performed DC Improv, but now it's like we started doing a Thanksgiving show. So every year we come around. And this, these are the last two years that I haven't been on the show because I had other I had other engagements or whatever. But like. Every year since about 2011, right. I come back and we and I, I uh, open or feature for him at the at the improv. Nice, you know. So oh, it's been yeah. nah, it's been great, man. And to like be able to be with him and like it's like you know this is like he's in the family of Dave. You know these are like yeah. like legends. Like these are like it's a straight up. He's a he's a comedic beast, man. I I learned from him. I learned so much, man. And he just shows he shows me like he always says have fun. You know yeah. when you when you when he sends people up on stage, he says have fun. Yeah. And I think that's very important, man. It is. And so I think important. it's something that's missing a lot all the time. It's weird. You know? you know, we we forget, like, I think we forget. We let audiences sometimes dictate how we feel about our personality, who we actually are. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We're funny motherfuckers. Right. You know, right. we're funny. But then you have a bad set. You let them dictate that, oh, man, I'm like, not oh, be I'm, funny. I'm not shit. Yeah. We let them, we give them so much power. And that's the annoying thing about it. That's what people don't understand why comedy is, like, literally the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Because you're trying to evoke an emotion, man. A musician goes up there. Not saying that, you know, yeah. you don't have people that are suck, but, but you don't have a tangible means to know if someone's having a great or, a, like, an okay Musical, musical set. set, yeah. Unless you're like a guitarist yourself or something like that. Exactly, because otherwise yeah. it's just like they do their thing, they clap afterwards, you know. But right. if you're on stage and you're not getting laughs, you're not doing good. Yeah, you're not doing your job. Bottom line, that's just all it is, bro. And I've never understood anybody like, because I have seen, I'm sure you have over the years, people that do this shit 
for years and just bomb consistently oh, yeah. every fucking night. I could never do that. Like mm. I've said, I thought it was a fucking fluke when I was funny, like the first nine times. And I stopped for a year. It's scary. You go, yeah. you know, it's like, yo, is it this easy? Like, yeah. is this, is this, am this I fan of shit? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, do I have this much power? Yeah, I, I get it. And that's kind of how I felt when I first got into stand up, too, because I mean, I mean, I watch my tapes now. My first times I went uh, in stand up, like, I, I think they're fucking terrible, right. but I was still getting laughs, you know? Yeah. And when I look at it, like, there's literally people I see that just can't get anything out. And I'm like, <laughs> I can I can go up there and be funny just off the top of my dome, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. But I <laughs> I respected the craft. Started reading some books. Got the Comedy Bible with Judy Garner. Mm-hmm. Um, got a couple other books. I uh, read the Black Means on Black Comedy, and I just really started absorbing everything. So so you feel like the books <laughs> helped you a lot? I think initially, early on, the books helped me okay. because because it gave me a respect for just comedy as a whole. It taught me. I already knew I was funny, right. but you don't know why you're funny. Sure. And how do you know to say funny things? How do we know to say funny things? Right. The book tells you, rule of threes, everything's funny in threes. You know, you learn the list. You learn the, the, the how, how a setup is. Yeah. Judy, Judy Carter's formula is you, you get a topic, a premise, an act out, a mix, and an act out. You know. Right. And when I'm thinking about it, I'm sitting back, I'm like, holy shit. That's literally what I do when I'm telling jokes. You know, that I, I didn't know that's what I was already doing. You right. know, But to actually know that... Then you can re- yeah. you can reverse engineer. Now you're starting to say stuff like science. It's like scientifically being funny. I should do that because the thing <laughs> is, I've never been one. I love to read, but I never was one for reading like comedy how-to books yeah. or whatever. Because I do believe for the most part, comics are born and not made. For so sure. Like, I, I totally agree. That being said, I do think that, you know, like... It has been a learning process, and my curve's always been, it seems like, unconscious. Because over the years, like, you know, when you first start and you get obsessed and you want to build all this material, you start thinking about everything you see in top of you. How can I make this a fucking joke? This is going to be great. Then you try it on stage, and it fucking sinks like an anvil, you know? And then you're just... And over the years, you develop kind of an instinct where I'll be sitting there sometimes, and I'm like, yo, that might... And I'm like, no, scratch that shit. Mm -hmm. Before I even write it down or say it any further, that fucking's never going to work. And you get better at that. But, you know, maybe to read it in print might add another It it, it doesn't take away. I'll tell you that. It definitely doesn't take away. And and I've read... There's some books I've read, like... You know, I've read, uh, like, the Comic Toolbox, How to Stand Up Comedy, like, a bunch of books. And, like, I take little things here and there from them, you know, from right. each and every one. Uh, the, the book I've been reading lately was, um, is, like, late, uh, uh, writing for late night, com- late, late night TV, you know, okay. which is fucking a great read. You know what I'm saying? And that's, yeah. I'm like, come on, dude, as a comedian, what's the next level? You know, you want to be writing on a show, sure. writing for films, writing, having your own late night show. I mean, we're, yeah. you're, you're doing the thing right now. You got your own podcast, bro. It, like, man. Like, so, yeah, things like this, I mean... But you learn, you you really learn these formulas, man. Like you just fucking just build this this wealth of knowledge, and mm-hmm. it's like because you already know how you you start to understand the science. Because the people that write these books, they're not the funniest people, but no. they're the nerds and the dorks that fucking sat down and said the reason that was funny. Like I, dude, do you, do you know what what plosives are? Plosives. You know what plosives are? Spell it. Plosives. P L O S I V E S. Oh, like explosives. But they're words. There's wow. word. There's there's words that are called plosives that have a like a punch sound, like a cuh. So huh. for whatever reason, people laugh more at cuh sounds, like K's, C's. You know, like you say a word, you say a joke, like man, like something, something. I had a kite in my ass. You know. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, right. It's yeah, weird, yeah, yeah. other than like you. But like the 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 puh sounds, the you know, it's punctuating, punctuating. It's the ones that have the the big like the, the big punches on the you know for whatever right. reason. Those right. words are funnier to audiences. Like, there's a reason. There's it's the, the word underpants is going to be funnier than the word underwear. It's, yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's yeah, weird. yeah. No, that's real. She shit her underpants. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, or she shit her underwear. Like, it's like it's like, it, it, it's yeah. just a weird thing. It just catches people. I don't know why, but like like you learn like learning stuff like that. Like, oh, that makes sense because you are you're already saying plosives yeah. in your in your daily life of just telling jokes. All the and you're time. not even realizing. The reason that that right, word hit right. harder was because yeah. it had a plosive sound. No question. Because, I, yeah, like, you know, you'll reword a joke a lot of times, and then you'll find mm-hmm. that. And I bet if I go back to anything I've reworded, that hits harder. Think about it. Maybe instinctively, this is just an assumption of mine, those plosives work better 
because they're more aligned with truth. They just jump right out of the person saying it. So it's like, poof, you know what I mean? Ah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this motherfucker's not lying to me. Mm-hmm. Or if he's using all this, like, you know. Flowery language, yeah, decorative shit. Yeah, yeah, eggshell yeah. walking uh-huh. bullshit. Uh-huh. They're like, hey, I don't, I don't feel this guy. I don't know. I mean, no, it's it's, it's absolute truth, absolute truth, man. Like the the, the plosives, bro, are just. I'll probably do one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the plosive sounds are just like they they just they just accentuate your comedy. So like, I mean, I, when I learned that, it just it just blew my mind, you know. Wow. So I have a buddy, uh, my buddy Paul Alaya, man. We write a lot. He's okay. he's a great comedian, man. He's been on Conan a lot of times and right. done his thing. Been working on there. Um, he uh, he's actually on Laugh Tracks too on True TV. Um, you know, we write and we we really you know he'll. We'll structure our jokes, and he'll be like, "Nah, bro, end your joke with that word." The whole thing we're trying to figure out is like, you know, how do you end your joke with certain words? You know what yeah. I'm saying? You always got to think about what's the funniest word in that joke, because that, because just navigating, being able to to end on whatever that most surprising, jarring, plosive word is, right, can make a fucking sentence turn into a joke. Unbelievable how that works. I mean, like I was telling somebody recently how like. An A joke when I was like two years in, now at eight years, it's like an A++++ joke just from adding it. And it's no longer, generally, maybe Ooh. like two to three minutes, but it's just the way you polish it. You might add the plosives or fix a word or take out a couple syllables, change a conjunction or something, you know, it's fucking Yeah, and crazy. then like people like rhyme schemes, man, yeah. like alliteration. They love alliteration. They love alliteration, man. Alliteration is always, it always works. Um, a good rhyme, even like a fucking... Just like 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 a jingle, changing the yeah. jingle in something, you know, a familiar jingle, but you change the words in there. Right. It's a it's a I think it's a cheap. It's like a, a old parlor trick, like right. doing that shit. But right. like, but it's easy. You know what I mean? It's, it, you're gonna get a laugh after. Hey, old parlor tricks work. They do. I mean, you can do it your way for a long time and not hit and then try it, and I bet you it feels pretty damn good. It don't feel as cheap as you think. Oh it yeah, is like when you're like, fuck, man, I'm selling out. All I know. I know. Plosives. Brandon Brody. The fuck? Yeah, Brandon Brody's illiterate. Brody, fucking illiterate, fucking smart motherfucker. But you hear like you know the parlors like 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 even like I I hate shit like this. Like you see the two the couple in the audience. So how long y'all been fucking? Like like that's like such a right oh parlor trick, man. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. You know, and that's why I think like even when you're doing crowd work, man, really. You don't have to like like really build build that relationship. Sometimes the joke doesn't even happen right there when you when you're inter- when you're meeting your audience when you're doing the crowd work. Right. Sometimes that moment comes later, so it's oh I, I'm never tripped out if I don't make a funny interaction with every member. Like if I'm doing crowd work and I'm talking to every member in the audience, if every interaction isn't hilarious, you know, I say hey, what's yeah. your name? What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a nurse. Okay, cool. How long you been a nurse? Okay, cool. Seven. How about you? What's your name? You know, that interaction may not have worked right there, but then later on. I come back to some medical shit or whatever. Sure. Then I'm like, Twisted. oh, well, you need to hook up with Kathy right now because she's a fucking nurse. You know, yeah, 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 she's a boring yeah. ass nurse. You know, like, right? Yeah, you kind of like investigate a whole room. You're like a homicide. Yeah, or some you start, shit. but you start building up. Like that's why I love doing headline sets too, because it's like you 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 get that time to really to know your audience and you're built. You're literally building like your whole. Um, you're building your set right there. Right. You know, right in front of their faces, and they're not even aware, but you we're aware. Right, we know what we're doing. You're gathering this information, you, you, and that you're like, and then at that point, it's like you start going into your jokes, but you also have this information that you gathered. It's right. like you can have a really fun time. I think those are the best sets. I always try to say, I say, do some old, do some new, do some freestyle. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm working on more freestyle lately. It's the last. It's the thing. only way to push yourself yeah. and grow, man. Yeah, it's the only way, dude. You yeah. know, the news the new may not hit. You know, the old you start with, you do a little bit of the yeah. new, you do some of the freestyle once you, they trust you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the new, all my shit generally is edgy, and it just, to me, that's a perfect premise when something's like taboo. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you have to gain their trust to sell that shit to them sometimes, mm-hmm. depending mm-hmm. on where you're at. You can try to gauge it or whatever. Like, the other night I had some serial killer bit I wanted to fuck with. Oh, nice. But then I asked them, like, yeah, you guys like fucking serial killers? And the whole crowd went, yeah! But you asked them if they like serial killers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they, I fucking went with that's it. That's a funny... I like, I, like, cool. I like just entering into that. Yo, yeah. just... just God, I'm I, now I'm mad. I'm mad that you have that because nah. I watch so many of these fucking murder docs and all yeah, that shit, yeah, bro. Yeah. That like I, I I'm trying to figure out where my my serial like my my girl and I will we'll, dude. It's weird. Like our 
Our our little night in, like a romantic night in, it's yeah. like fucking, you know, maybe she has a little glass of wine. Maybe I'm drinking a beer, sitting back, and we, we have, like, you want to watch some murder porn? Yeah. <laughs> Saw that from South Park. We, we're like, let's yeah. watch some fucking murders, you know what I mean? Let's, yeah. let's freak ourselves out real Fuck quick yeah. and then go to bed, and, you know? There's so much shit that can be done with it because everybody's fucking watching it now. Like, women, especially. They love, they love Dude, the they fucking, fucking love true it. crime. I oh, think they're, man. like, looking for, like, blueprints <laughs> on how to, like, avoid <laughs> the next incident getting you think escalated. It's a, you think it's avoidance or you think it's how they're going to kill their husband the proper way like uh, and not get caught? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's on on a bad day. Or on their period, yeah. yeah I think you, I think your theory's right, but then I also think, and this was the joke I was doing the other night, is that for white people, especially, it's kind of like the most ultimate form of like relieving white guilt at the end of the oh, day shit. because, because think, white like, people are getting murdered. Like, yeah, they're like that you know, dude deserved to like, die. Put, no, no, it's more like I've committed like five microaggressions this afternoon, <laughs> but I'm still not as bad as, as this bad guy. As that guy. You know oh, what I mean? Jesus Christ. It's like, look, okay, I see what you're saying. And, and I knew that, you know, my my theory on that might have had some truth to it when I watched the second season of that fucking Mindhunter, and it was a black guy. It was the serial killer. Is Mindhunter, is that, is that a, is it fiction or is it not fiction? No, it's true. I mean, it's, it's true it's, shit? Yeah, because okay. basically it's I've like. Never watched Mindhunter. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. cold. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm I avoided it. Because it sounded kind of stupid, but then yeah. one of my buddies was like, "Yo, you gotta see this." So I checked it, and it's about the story of how the FBI developed their serial killer like forensic task force. Mm. So this guy in the story is like interviewing Charles Manson, the son of Sam, like in their prison cells, trying to gather information. Oh, about, he was like, like the first person to understand serial killers. Yeah, oh, okay, right. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. So that's the first season, but then mm-hmm. the second one is all about. This black serial killer, child kidnapper in Atlanta. This was like the early '80s. This is when my oh, mom was, was this pregnant. the missing kids? The like, yeah, oh yeah, I've yeah. heard about that shit, bro. Yeah. I just listened to a whole podcast on that, dude. Yeah. Oh my god, Wayne, man. Uh, Wayne, what's his name? Uh, Wayne Wilson or Wayne, something? Yeah, Wayne, something like something. Wayne Williams or something yeah, yeah. crazy. But yo, that guy. That's a f- and there was like they were trying to listen to the, it was they were on the bridge or something and they yeah and they, yeah, that, yeah the that bridge, whole story right that whole thing, throwing <laughs> the water and the they water. didn't hear yeah. it. oh man yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. But it's just sort of like because I was sitting there and going like holy shit like it's a black serial killer like mm-hmm. I've not seen this before you and know? we and we and we don't you know there's a lot of there's a lot of white areas that we're just not good at man like hockey you know <laughs> it's, I'm proud to see when I see one of my boys yeah, doing right? doing his thing serial yeah. killing out here in these streets you know what yeah. I'm <laughs> but it was just sort of like watching him. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't have to have as much white guilt like this afternoon. Oh, and it's a, and it's a black yeah. guy for you, too. You're like, yeah, look, yeah. look at the black. They right. over there. They're killing, too, yeah, man. Like, like I got on I'm not that guy. Twitter, and I was like, not all serial killers are white. Yeah. <laughs> look, look at this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking funny, man. So we fucked around. Oh, I, I did that with that joke the other night. But then, you know before when i tried it like a week before nobody was biting except this one white chick she was mm. the hottest chick in the room okay and then everybody else was ugly so no one cared so wait when she said she watched murder porn <laughs> and everyone was like oh we porn. love murder porn too because she does or were they kind of like fuck that nah, bitch because it was a her? dark room so they couldn't really okay. see her you know or they weren't turning around yeah so they were all i don't know i think really hot women like the fucking serial killer things more so than ugly ones. <laughs> you think it's like a fantasy because it could happen to them? Yeah. Because hot women are always likely. abducted yeah. and killed and kidnapped? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think that people who, you know, aren't as in danger <laughs> of this... Like you have a safe face. and You're not going to be serial killed. Yeah, like, no, you're, you're, you're good. You're yeah, good. You're good. You're, you're, right, you're all right. You're, you're fine. Know? Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've been also watching a lot of um uh First 48, man. I've never I I I've always like as a joke, you know, you as comedians, we know what shows are about, you know, you know vaguely yeah. and all that. And then I my, you know, I I started I started watching it a little bit and then I was like, "Holy shit. I just watched four episodes and you know, they're all an hour a piece, man." Yeah. I'm like, "Dude, I just spent 4 hours watching the first 48 and they and it's like I, I don't know how to compartment. I, I don't know how to unpack that because I'm yeah. like, why am I enjoying this? Right. Do I want to be a, a, a fucking private investigator or detective secretly? Do I or is it like is it is it like a fucking like a a, a weird a weird interest in murders? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like how unbelievable it is. You know. Like we're so like as comedians, you you, you get numb. Yeah. You're numbed is so much. I guess that's true. <laughs> Am so I looking this is for like something? The last like, thing that kind of shocks you. Or yeah, yeah. Nothing because like, nothing wow. in the language can really stop. Nah. Some, there's nothing nobody can really say to you that's like, 
okay. You know yeah. what I mean? No, not at so all. So it's like maybe maybe it is. It's like it's like a stimulation. They're like, holy shit! Like I it, think that's one element of it for certain. That's because a lot of comedians do watch. Yeah, murder shit. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't think anybody really wants to be like a homicide detective. Oh hell no! I mean, you think well, you I, don't want to do the. I just don't want to do the paperwork. Yeah, but right. I do want to arrive to a crime scene the next day. Start talking to people and get some clues. Like, hold on, sorry, do you know him? Yeah. I want to do that. I want to have my little notepad and do that, you know? But I don't want to fucking go. I, I don't want to go to the office at all, punch shit in, look up people like, hey, so this reminds me of that one crime in Biloxi. With mm-hmm. the, I don't want to be that guy. I just want to go there, and then I want to have a fucking good catchphrase when I leave every scene, you know? Yeah. Yeah, some, like. Some tagline. Yeah, some just some, ta- some good tagline, man. That's the That's what I'm like. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what would what would that be? Would I don't be know. I mean, it depends on the killing. Well, it's like if like let's say somebody somebody's a hanging a, a, the victim hung themselves. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I guess this is the last time they hung out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something something like, something that. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What um was I gonna say? Did you watch this other one, The Confession Killer, yet? Nah. What's so that? this one is on Netflix, and it's about Henry Lee Lucas, who they made a fictional movie portrayal with Michael Madsen, or Michael Rooker, I think, back in the 80s. Okay. But so anyway, this guy had allegedly killed, and he copped the killing about 300 bodies all across the country. Oh, and my God. 300? 300. But what they later find out is a lot of that bullshit is highly embellished. He maybe caught like 11, and he was like, borderline special needs IQ of like 83 oh, or geez. something. So what was happening was these Texas Rangers that had got him for one of these murders started a task force and then they just let him feed them bullshit so they could close their fucking caseloads. So then they <laughs> had all these fucking murders he's copping. And they just said, did you do that one? He'd be like, yeah, yeah I did it. Yeah, but <laughs> see, this was the thing. He had hypermnesia, so he could remember based on cases he would read of other killings and stuff, like all the details, so that he would just spit that shit back out. Oh, fuck. And so he was the perfect. It seemed fucking... like it was believable in a wow. way, or he could at least sell it, whether they knew he did it or didn't. What's, do what's it, it called again? It's called the Confession Killer. It's five episodes. It's okay. a nice, quick watch. Yeah, I gotta and watch then that. it gets into politics because this DA went against the Texas Rangers and was like, "I think this is bullshit." And then they started coming after him. After the DA. After the DA. <laughs> yeah, like threatening his life it wow was some fucking crazy shit wow yeah wow but it got me thinking too like you know even if he did just catch 11 bodies and he looks like a slacker you know in the mm. department of like serial killing at least <laughs> like he enabled up to like 289 other serial killers to still remain at large and take however many more bodies that's actually crazy and you it's and it, but and it's sad that like you, you hear shit like that because it's like it's sad that they just want to close a case. Like you're, yeah. you're finding anything to close a case, and that's and that's why a lot of a lot of these people are incriminated, are wrongfully accused, and right. wrongfully. It's just because, and I, and I don't understand that. I mean, I'd have to do, like find do the research, but it's like when you close a case, does that mean like you get your check? Like it's like you can't get like you know what I mean? Like yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. What's the what's the incentive that you have to close cases? Like I mean, some shit just goes unsolved, and I think that that's just part of life, life. And part of what it is you know <laughs> but like what's the incentive do you get the fucking like you get the christmas bonus at the christmas party this year you know because like, hey we he closed 17 cases this yeah. year you know like what's, what's i mean you get a promotion if you're an individual that clears a ton of cases i think so but that's what it is it's also just a political thing because these guys da's and such get appointed or you know elected officials appoint commissioners and then Mm -hmm. chiefs and lieutenants and their crew and everything and they want to keep the public perception thinking like it's safe these guys that are keeping the fucking streets safe and things are in control the dark night bro yeah fucking harvey dent man yeah you know what i'm saying like harvey dent was fucking i mean that's the same shit dude he wanted to seem like he had control of the city but he didn't have fucking no control of the city bro right well all i mean just for the fact that the prisoners control the penitentiaries mm-hmm. should be enough for people to know that cops really don't have like as much a grab as, as, as yeah. people would like to believe yeah no because and, and that's too like you, you know you, you a society runs into has the potential to run into a frenzy and a chaotic like anarchy if they think that like um that there is no control, there is no safety. You know what right. I mean? If there's, if it's like, if like you get the the really people that are fucked up in the world, like, oh, the cops really don't run shit. They don't got like all these criminals are doing things. 
fucking, I'm gonna do some crime too, you know? Like, and oh yeah, it's kind of like Joker, man. Like, uh, uh, even that too. Like, I mean, th- that's why I mean those films are really powerful because it's like it does show, uh, like, the potential which a society can be without you know this idea of safety, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And I put yeah. the, I put the quote fingers up, y'all. The idea. Oh yeah, oh you know? yeah. It's about ideas and it's about jokes and a quick announcement. Next week here at the DC Draft House from the Good Place and Comedy Central and our podcast, Missing Dree, our headliner will be Ray Sani coming here on the 10th as well as the 11th. Shows at 7 and 9 o'clock. The Arlington Draft House, there will be no comedy next weekend. It's strictly fucking Return of Skywalker the whole week. But nonetheless, for either show... You said the Return of Skywalker? It, it, what's, what's the new Star Wars? <laughs> the, 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 rise, the, the Rise, The Rise. I'm a Star okay. Wars snob, so, oh, you know... Yeah, yeah. No, see, <laughs> I, he said the Return... <laughs> yo, I've watched I 4, it. 5, and 6, and I tried one, and I yeah. couldn't do it no yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I... But, you know, I'm a fucking bum with that shit. So, uh, yeah, the Rise... Is the Rise? The Rise of okay. Skywalker. Rise yeah, of motherfucking yeah, yeah. Skywalker yeah. all week. <laughs> and and I, don't, I don't even think the word motherfuckers in there, too. Nah, yeah, <laughs> you, nah. You refuse to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not going to do this right. I can tell you beat up Star Wars nerds in your youth, yo. I yeah, can tell for a fact. Yeah, we did a little bit Is that, of that a fucking lightsaber, you fucking faggot? <laughs> huh? What's that, huh? <laughs> Sick that up your ass. We were going to do a skit, and we never got around to it. They were going to get me to do it where these kids were going outside going, hey, we're going to start a fantasy league. You want to join or whatever? And I was going to be one of the dudes. But yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> and then we get upstairs, and it's like, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Oh and not shit! You be pissed up. Oh, and I'm gonna be like, and I told him I was gonna like grab their sixty side die and be like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this? A butt plug? What the <laughs> fuck is this shit?" You're definitely in, in, fan, in a fantasy league, right? I was in like three. Oh yeah, Actually, I, I, I stopped. Gotta... I stopped watching after Kaepernick. I haven't watched any fucking For real? football. Yeah, so you were you were cat. Yeah, mm-hmm. I sure am. I don't. I think I am by default, man. Like honestly, like I mean, obviously in L. A. Like. I mean, I'm a Skins fan. Yeah, yeah, me too. And it's hard to get up at 10 a.m. to go watch football, bro. It's weird, yeah. you know. It's it's fucking something I just you get I, older. I completely, it's hard, but I haven't adjusted to that. Like that's just, I mean, come on, for California, oh, for out there, for right, LA, right, right, right? Yeah, right, it's just yeah. like out here. It's like, yeah, you can get up. We go watch the game, catch the game at one. You know what I'm saying? We I used to, it used to be regular. I go to church, you know, sure. and then I come home. We watch the games, you know. Yeah. One o'clock's reasonable, even if a four o'clock game is reasonable. But like right. out there, bro. The games are on at 10 a.m. Yeah. They start at 10. It's just weird. Think about it. You're, you're going out on Saturday night. Then you're having to get up at Sunday to watch football. And then, more importantly, to watch a team that's fucking losing, terrible. bro, that's doing yeah. terrible right now. Man. And then I, I, it's like I don't even – like even – I can enjoy I, – I don't mind watching the Redskins lose mm-hmm. if I'm amongst a bunch of Redskins fans right. that we are having fun. But then in L.A., I'm having to go, I'm having to go find a place <laughs> – with other people that like the Redskins as much as me that are okay to see them lose, yeah. bro, like it just doesn't make. Do they sense. have Redskins bars out there? They do. They have one called Jocks or Dailies. It's a place in Culver City, wow. and it's a straight up Redskins bar, bro. Like I mean, like padded out with the fucking paraphernalia. Everything I'm is just Redskins, and and they uh between uh, between halftime. People play go go in there. They like, oh, like they would just shit. DC that motherfucker oh, out, yeah. man. And you feel it. People win prizes. Like and I'm saying, like that feeling, that energy is so great when the Redskins are winning. What go go tapes are they playing? Is it classic? Oh, they're playing they classics. Have, yeah, they're like playing Chuck some like Brown rare essence, some and EU, some Chuck. Energy. Yeah. They're not doing the. They're not doing, doing any the water uh, dance. Yeah. yeah, the water dance. My man Flex. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Flex, bro. Oh yeah. Yeah. They but they're not doing any um no nah, they're not doing any uh what you call it, like some new age CCB or yeah, like a TCB I, shit. I haven't listened to any new go go in a long oh, time. I haven't. I mean obviously I haven't. But you know what? My my buddy uh DJ Alize. Yeah, Alize. You know Alize? Yeah, yeah. So he uh he spins at this spot called the Dime in LA every Tuesday. No shit. And God bless him because when he comes every time he plays go go at some point in his set. Bro. Fuck yeah. And it's the most euphoric feeling because I just like and I forget how much I really like I'm a I, when people ask me my favorite genre of music I'm embarrassed sometimes to say but I, I, I say like I'm like go-go like wow. I love go-go yeah you know, I love EDM I love go-go and I realize I love EDM so much because I love go-go yeah. because go-go because because EDM very percussive you know really about the beat mm-hmm. yeah some you have like like go-go same thing you have a you have a woman starting up the song it's all calm yeah. you know like it kind of starts like that and then it gets into the like like heavy and the EDM same thing you have a girl starting the song then the beat drops and it fucking just keeps going and it's and it's just the music it's like i don't need 
I don't need lyrics all the time, man. Right. Sometimes right. I'm just good to hear the hear the music. Yeah. Yeah. No, I go both ways with that. You know, lyrics and beats. I mean, mostly yeah. I'm East Coast, Golden Age hip hop and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, go go, man. Whenever I get a chance, you know, it's not enough. But yeah. And the thing about go go, what I try to explain to people, people, because a lot of people in California don't or LA, they don't understand. Like, they don't understand go go. They hear it. You 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 play a song for them, like it sounds like they're beating on pots and pans. You know. Yeah. But the reality of it is like okay, I, and I and I and I and I had to humble myself and understand like okay, they because they're hearing that because they're not they've never been to an experience. But when you go right. to an actual live go go, oh. you actually see a band perform. Everybody's going there for the go go, so yeah. the energy already is great. We go to a club, you go to a bar, whatever. You got a DJ. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. He's playing hip hop. Okay, he's playing within the genre we like, but we're not gonna like every song mm-hmm. within that genre. But when you go to go go. A go-go. You're literally going there because that's the genre you like. And so everything you, they play, you know, and I imagine that's how a person that goes to like a jazz club feels. You sure. Know, that they love that. And it's like that's how I feel when I go to a, when I go to a go-go. So when I hear the songs afterwards, even if they sound like pots and pans, there was a weird recording and they're kicking someone out in the middle of songs. Yeah. Like, hey, man, security to the back, man. Y'all, <laughs> hey, go ahead with that band shit, y'all. Yeah, like, yeah. Whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, like I still – it's like I feel like I'm there, you know. So I kind of maybe I let that let it be just okay, yeah, because of that. No, absolutely. It's it's a law in and of itself. Go go, you know, wherever it comes out. But I do think that for out of towners, they generally have to come here and go to a go go to really love it and understand it and appreciate mm-hmm. it. It's you can't just throw on a tape of a huckabuck and just understand in fucking yeah, Milwaukee and have them be like, yeah. Yeah, Milwaukee. You know, yeah, the board. Yeah, but you like, can have fucking... topical Milwaukee subject matter, and it <laughs> still won't crank to yeah, it. Exactly, know? crank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh... That's how I feel, man. So, like, I'm, I, I might have to fucking. I mean, I'm here till Monday, bro. So I might have to actually find a go-go to go to, man. Yeah. Just to really know, man. Let's do it. God, I fucking uh, miss it so much, man. That, and those are some of the things about DC, you know, I miss. I do miss the like our our, our Redskins culture you know mm-hmm. i do miss the go-go culture i miss like going to the carry out and like this yeah. different there's this little dc Yums. things it's just so sure. when i come home man i it, it's so much love you know yeah. vendors half smokes oh man let's go oh. so everyone's calling them glizzies now is that the fucking i don't know i ain't term? hit a vendor in a minute do you, do you say glizzies the term glizzies I know a rapper from your shy glizzy. Shy glizzy, but everyone's calling hot dogs glizzies now out here, and I don't, under, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I think it's like it's like this big inside joke that's going on in DC that I'm not a part of, and I don't understand. Wow. My friends, they like, yo, let's go get some glizzies. Y'all, you ain't need go, go put that whole glizzy in your mouth. Like, they, I don't get it. I know one vendor now since you know I've moved over to the fucking west side. Like, it just straight up, um, the one across the street from here. Oh yeah, that corner. That's the only guy I know selling hot dogs. Outside, stuff. yeah, outside. Then there's people along like Union Station, shit like that, and down at the mall. But yeah. I, that I crossed any paths with. I don't see. Oh, they do that like shit that heavy no in L.A., more. bro. We call it street meat. And what they do in really? L.A., you got the, you know, you got the Mexican ladies, man. They they got their little whole setup, oh, but they yeah. put the bacon around it. Okay. Okay. Put bacon around the hot dogs. Now, when you <laughs> when you first get to see, L.A., that sounds like a glizzy. <laughs> it might as well be called glizzy, but you go out like I'm, I'm saying, bro. You leave the club or a bar late at night. You smell these peppers they're fucking grilling up. You smell that bacon, the, the hot dog. You put that. You eat that motherfucker. It's amazing. Boom, boom. But when you actually break it down, them shits are terrible for you. Bro. Oh yeah, they're the course. worst. And I heard some rumors that like, like the c- cartel owners give them the fucking product, but they they piss on all of it so that their own. The the, 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 the the people serving it won't eat, consume it and take it for their own families and shit. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard some weird shit that like oh, maybe turn me it. off to it. But like when when you first come to L.A. or you're a tourist, bro, everyone's doing, let me get some street meat. But what you find out, the people that, have you been there for like two years, you're like, oh, you're eating street meat right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, what it's, that's what it's called, dude, street, street meat. meat. I street believe meat. it. So I, I didn't know in D.C. they're doing street meat. I think that to an extent, actually, come to think of it, there is one vendor i go to right over by where i get my hair cut by gw mm-hmm. and this dude gives you like a 20 ounce coke and a fucking big half smoke for like 
three dollars. Oh, so he has a whole ass cooler too. Yeah, it's it's super cheap. It's a good deal. Yeah, it's a good deal for twenty nineteen or twenty twenty now. Yeah, come on, know? yeah, yeah. Shit, that uh, fucking we were paying two fifty for that same thing. So three dollars like for that little, that little deal. Three dollars, yeah, three dollars. Drinking a, a hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm like that. I can fuck with, but yeah, you pay the price. I mean, I get home, but I'm just like. This next shit I take, I'm yeah, gonna be yeah. sweating a little bit. You know what I mean? Just... Yeah, I take all my clothes off for this one. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me call my loved ones. Let me call my loved ones before material. this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> is there any more? Yeah, is it, where's my Great Gatsby? Let me go grab it. Yeah. <laughs> read that again. That's how that street meet do, bro. Like you just, it's like, you, and then the next day you wake up, you're like. Damn, this hangover is crazy. It's not the hangover. No, no, it's the fucking food you ate. And that's something I've noticed as a former alcoholic. It's like now in my late 30s. You don't drink at all? No, I've been sober for 13 years. No shit, and dude. Yeah, yeah. I wow. cleaned up. Well, I haven't been sober for 13 minutes. So, ah, uh, that's all right. I'm, I, right. I'm right here drinking an IPA, y'all. He's drinking the Coke. He's, he's truly not, not yeah. drinking right well, now. Well, but I drink too much of this Coca-Cola oh, Coke? and shit, too. I mean, this is the thing. When you get It's into Christmas your, time. The polar bears yeah, are on the yeah, can. Like, know? this Santa Claus is coming. Santa, there's a yeah, whole Coke you know, commercial. in Spain, this ain't the new year yet. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> your dick sucked, right? Coca-Cola. <laughs> I mean, it, here's the thing, though. But when you get to be late 30s, you have to start treating food like you treated alcohol in your 20s in terms mm. of like planning for how it's going to make you feel in like six hours or some wow, shit. that's that's eating for tomorrow just for food yeah you know it's not like a five-year plan like oh yeah i'm gonna eat and lose 40 pounds it's I, like, I, I agree with that man i know that i found that like and like you know not leave the toilet paper red or some right shit, right leave it red <laughs> <laughs> i found that little caesars man like it's cheap it's an easy bite yeah. but i found that it gives me a lot of fucking acid man like, right. like i get a lot of acid in my fucking stomach and i'm like I like I eat. I mean, I'm like, you know, whenever you're just hungry, it's a cheap eat, you know. Yeah. Especially you know, my son, he got his cousins and all that. It's such an easy buy. Like, let me, what, what you kids want? You How old's your son? He's four years old. Wow. Yeah, man, I have a full, a whole ass. Congratulations. Whole ass. Yeah. Thank I, I, you so much. You didn't have him when I was the last. I know. Senior. That's what I'm wow. saying. Yeah, and I have a whole ass kid, man, and he's um, he's 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 incredible. I I I fucking, I never like you really. So generic and cliche, they say, like, you don't understand love until you have one of your own, you know? Mm-hmm. That's so true, bro. Yeah. And I was the one in my whole crew that, that everyone would tell you that, bro, you'd be the last one to have a child, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> it turned out to be the first one. Wow. And it, and, it, and it's just, uh, it's it's been... And how the, old were you when you had him? Uh, must have been twenty eight. Are we trying to figure out how old I am right now? Are we doing? Uh, are we doing? Are we doing uh, fucking child math? Yeah, I'm thirty three <laughs> years old, but I was about twenty eight when uh, when she got pregnant. So twenty nine when he twenty nine was born. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so this was um he's born and um uh, twenty fifteen, February twelfth, and I mean it, it's amazing, bro, and it's and it's crazy. Like you just. It gives you so much more purpose. It's mm-hmm. motivating. And to have someone that literally is your fan just because you're their dad. Yeah. Like, this motherfucker likes me yeah. just because I'm the guy that's around most, mostly. You know, I'm, wow. I'm the guy that's, that, that's, that's hey, I'm, I'm the guy that makes you a peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. That's a win. Like, daddy, you just made me peanut. I love you so much, daddy. Like, yeah. you know, like. So like like we go through so much shit and especially in our adult world you're not appreciated yeah. for shit. Man, he appreciates me for just being like he's literally one I, I would say the only person that really appreciates me for just being me. You know? Wow. Other people in life you gotta you gotta do things for, you know what I mean? Yeah. As you should. Like we're we're adults, you know, you sure. gotta it's a give and take type so of situation. Improved, right. But like he's a person that's for 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 uh forgiving. Right. I can be upset, you know. Wow. And then, you know, five minutes later, it's not like he's mad. I might be, I might have been mad at something else, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get, you're in a little bad mood or whatever. They, they're forgiving, you know. Loving, wakes up, kisses me on the cheek and all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. these are things like, 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 like true love is like, it exists. And it's, it's weird that love is something you don't have to teach, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's a true fucking it's a it's an existence it's a feeling it's an emotion man and it's wow. like you see that when you have a child like like the, like he emanates love wow and he's so and then, and then the thing is you start learning about yourself he's the same sign as me he's Aquarius okay and he's funny bro 
he's funny. He's like, he has so many of my traits. And I'm like looking at him, I'm like, yo, like I always make this joke that like I look at him sometimes and I feel like Forrest Gump when he first met his son, dude. I'm like, is is, is he like is he like me? Like I feel like a dumbass because yeah. he's so smart, you know. I'm yeah. like, this motherfucker it's scary. Yeah. And then Donnell and I, you know, our our, um, our sons are friends, which is great. Wow. And his son is four. Wow. So they hang out. They're buddies, man. And there's That's we've tight. done shows. We did a show at the uh god damn, was it the Irvine or Ontario? I can't remember what improv it was. But anyways, we had our we had both our sons that came to the show. They were in the green room hanging out, being buddies, and then we both brought them out on stage at the end of the night, man. Wow. And it's fucking amazing. Like my son has been on like a, a couple improv stages. Like he gets he gets this life now. He's born into Oh yeah, my dad like him him seeing his daddy on TV is just a re- oh yeah, my daddy's on Nickelodeon. He's on his show. like <laughs> that's regular, bro. Like that's weird. Like yeah. I can't say that about my dad. You know, right. no one in my family right. was entertainment, you know? Right. I no one I I started this entertainment path, you know? Yeah. And so with it, I'm teaching them that shit, man. I'm teaching them the jargon, I'm teaching them the stuff. I'm bringing them on set. I'm bringing them to any shows that I can possibly do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And it's cra- and it's and it's just, it's such a it's such an amazing thing to share because it's like, you know, God for like I'm jealous right now because I'm like, he can he can potentially be a better comedian than me, you know, <laughs> and I already see that in my my hate my hater mentality is because I, you know I want to be in a more comfortable position as a comedian yeah, before yeah. before I even think about what his future is. Yeah. But like right now I'm like yo because I'm setting him up for this like he's he's not scared of the stage he's held a mic bro when 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 he and I, when I brought him on stage the way he ended the show I told him in the green room I was like hey say this buddy say this to everyone say everyone have a good night. Thank you for coming. And if you've been drinking, um, you know, uh, drive safely or something like that, right? Right, right. And I was like, "Are you gonna remember to say that?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Not, not yeah, trusting." I was nah. like, "He's gonna <laughs> fuck it up, dude." He gets on stage. I say, "Hey guys, my son wanted to come on stage because Donnell brought his son. I, I wanted to like him get a chance." I was like, and so I gave him the mic, and he said, "Good night, everyone. Have a good night. And if you've been drinking, drive safely." <laughs> it was a mixture of, <laughs> you could just hear, ovaries. Uh. Laughter <laughs> and awesome, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, like he fucking, he gave every, like every emotion that we'd worked for in that comedy yeah. show, yeah. he achieved with that one bar, bro. Like <laughs> my little boy, man, and it was just such a beautiful like thing. And then after that, him and his boy Austin, they just they just stood there on stage and told caca jokes for about 13 minutes. <laughs> Kaka this, kaka that, you know. And that's the best part. That's funny to them. Wow. They're still telling shit jokes, you know what I'm saying? That's unbelievable. Wow, that's the best story I've ever heard. I'm going to make Elena listen to this episode. Even yeah, though she yeah. couldn't be a part of it now. Oh, man, sorry. She, she just it. had a child, so, well, you know. I, I, but, like, please, this is going to be great for her to yeah. hear, man. And I'm sure she's, I mean, of course, as a woman, like, you know, it's it, it really is truly a beautiful thing. You know, a, a woman bearing a child, man. Like they've created a life. You know what right. I'm saying? And uh, you know, I, I feel for her. I, I know she's gonna. I know she's feeling that bond right now. This is an. This is an important time. Right. How How old is her? Oh, jeez, two weeks or something. Two weeks. Two or three no weeks. Shit. Yeah. Oh, so this is a very important time for her to be with the baby. You know, be at home and just like, like it's it's fucked. It's it's fucked up, bro. I'll be so honest. We don't have to be there those first two. Like we're so in. I mean, we're we're more there for their mental stability. But the child doesn't like. Like it's good to like hear your your father's voice. Tune and all in, that. male listeners. But you're kind of useless. He's giving you game right now. Give you game. You're, you're kind of useless. Like you're kind of just here to to pick up shit. You're you're really there for your for your wife's support and your girl's He's support. Selling you know? fatherhood deal. But like as far as. You know, we ain't we, we can't we don't have no titty milk, man. Yeah. That titty milk, bro, is the first thing your child loves. And when you when you you gotta wait till they're little because they walk to you can actually provide something that they enjoy. Like, oh wait, you can swing me around? Cool. All right, I, I fuck with this guy. But before that, moms are the shit. Moms are the shit from day one, bro. We're just a deep voice. We're just a different type of sound. You know what I'm saying? They can't really see you. Nope. You know what I mean? Nope. They're kind of you know you know they don't know what the fuck you look like, but they're just hearing this. Oh, so this sound is high pitched, and this sound is kind of deep. All right, I fuck with this deep sound every now and then, but this high pitched sound gives me shit that tastes fucking good and makes me live. Like, like that titty milk wins, <laughs> bro. If, if a baby, if babies could sit in a boardroom and vote, like, do you want your father in your life or this breast milk? And be like, uh, we're going with that breast milk, fam. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh that's it, that's Freud, bitches. <laughs>
<laughs> well, on that note, where are we at? Because I feel like we – oh, wow. We just cracked an hour. So this cracked has an hour. been Great, fantastic. Man. Brandon, what do you got coming up uh, these days? Or, coming up, gonna yeah. going to air Monday. Okay, Monday. So I'm actually going back into Los Angeles on Monday. I got my birthday coming up on the 23rd. Nice. I'm supposed to be uh, hosting a show at the Comedy Store with my buddy Paul Laya called Low Key Upset. So if anyone's in L.A., please show out, man. Come celebrate my birthday with me oh, yeah. You know, this, in this new year. Um, I'm I'm working with a couple company, you know, a, a new company I've been working with called Three Black Dot. They actually did a Queen and Slim, so I've been hosting and um shooting a lot of stuff with them and writing, which has been great. And then All Def Digital just made its comeback, man. Ti bought out the company, his company Culture Genesis bought out All Def Digital, so nice. we just we, they just put out a roast me, and they'll be having a lot more content. So I'll be definitely I'll be definitely on your YouTube immediately, I, but like you know, crossing fingers for. The bigger screens, of course. Fuck I'm getting yeah. this comedy money, bruh. Hell yeah. And where can the people get it? Your social media. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, man. Follow me, guys, at Brody the Joker, B-R-O-A-D-Y, the Joker, or Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. is more comfortable with you. I'm mm-hmm. comfortable following back, too. Yeah, you follow us, CounterCurrent, uh, Currents DC on Twitter, and then, of course, Steelboard DC, Instagram, Twitter, and we'll be doing these things. I don't know who we'll have next week. Could be Ray, could be somebody else. And my local, son. Which <laughs> your son. <laughs> That'd be Why funny not? shit. <laughs> Why the fuck not? But, yo, Brody, I want to thank you so much for coming yes, on. Yes, brother, come on, man. Great. Let, let, me hear, let, me hear, let me hear that dap, boom, you know what I'm saying? Boom, yeah. boom. There you go, bye. yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, when you're Dude. back in town, Let's do this shit. I'll be out in LA in no time and uh, we'll do this shit, man. Go, go. Let's fucking do it, man. Yes, sir.